0: Good afternoon, everybody. Boy, it's, been, it's just uh, been a good service. I tell you what, the Lord blessed us, and there's no doubt. And uh, hope everybody enjoyed the uh, Thanksgiving time with your family and our church family. We had that on Wednesday night. And I tell you what, it's just uh, the blessings of God. And we're going to look at some of those here today. But again, we're in the book Ecclesiastes. We're getting closer to drawing toward the end of this. And I was going to start jumping into that, just kind of summing it up. And the Lord's put this on my heart just to finish some of the vanities here. But, uh, you know, as we've been on this journey with King Solomon, you know, he's investigating again. Can man find find purpose and meaning in this world without God? And these uh, first six chapters, it introduces us to man's attempt to do that. But then Solomon quickly shows the readers, us, That these attempts will leave you empty, vanity. And again, vanity, it does mean emptiness, but it also means vapor. And things don't always uh, seem as they appear. And I often think of cartoons when I think of this. And uh, you all remember back uh, these cartoons, and you'll see these characters in the desert, and they're just, uh, they're dehydrated, sun's beaming on, they barely get around, and all of a sudden they see this big, Body of water out here, and they just start running toward, toward it. And when they get there, it vanishes. It's a mirage, right? And I think about that. That's what this this emptiness, this vanity, can be if we put our our faith in the wrong things. So today, again, we've studied a lot of different vanities. Again, we're going to be in chapter five today. By the way, we're going to finish this up. But we've seen a lot of vanities, and they tend to repeat themselves so much in these first six uh, chapters. And again, this is a journal, and he's writing it as he goes. It's a poem. But uh, he's seeing, and he's experiencing it himself, he's seeing mankind we see fall into the same traps year after year and day after day. And, you know, as last time I was up here, we talked about the vanities of worship. And just looking back at that a little bit, when we worship according to what we think is pleasing to God, what we think it's not pleasing to him. We got to do what he tells us to do. If we come to church unprepared, not ready to hear from him, he's not pleased with that. If we come in with an attitude, you know, oh man, I just can't wait. This, uh, you got your mindset on what I'm going to eat afterwards and things like that, and you're not paying attention. You know, you're going to leave with emptiness because you wasn't prepared. You wasn't ready to hear from God, and in that. You'd be deceiving yourself if you think attendance or just offering is all you have to do. We've got to praise God the way he wants us to praise him. So in that, you know, again, we're discussing all these different vanities, and that was the last one we talked about. Today we're going to talk about the vanities of wealth. We're going to be in Chapter 5 and get into Chapter 6 a little bit, and I'm just, folks, I'm just skimming through this here. You definitely need to take time to to read through this this, uh, this scripture here. It's really important to us. But the first six chapters, again, really heavily focuses on these vanities. Today, we're going to start with chapter 5 in verse 18 through 20. This is what I want to read, and I just think this is so beautiful. What a way to start out. God alone gives contentment, and I want to show you this. In chapter 5, verse 18, it says, Behold that which I have seen. It is good and comely for one to eat and drink and to enjoy the good of all of his labor that he taketh under the sun all the days of his life which God giveth him, for it is his portion. Every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth and hath given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor. This is a gift of God. For he shall not much remember the days of his life because God answereth him in the joy of his heart. Let us pray here. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, again, we're just truly blessed to be in your house, Lord, and just to get to open up your word, Lord, and just get to read it. We know what the future holds in here because you show us, you tell us, and we're just so grateful for this. And, Lord, here as I go through and and we talk about the wisdoms here, Lord, just give me the words that you need me to say, Lord. And just again, we thank you for everything you do for us. Just be with us, We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. But folks here... Whenever we read that, God is telling us here what tr- uh, true wealth is here on earth. He's showing us that for those who consider God as their source of wealth, we have pleasures, we have riches, and we have the ability to enjoy them here on this earth because of Him. You see, a lot of times people they on this earth, they see wealth in different ways. Again, they see wealth in how much you know possessions you have or how much money you acquire, or what your worth is, and all these different things. But true wealth and contentment comes from the riches of life that God can only give, not what this earth can do. Now, God does bless us with, with these things. He does bless us with our possessions and our wealth here, right? But as a true believer, the major thing is that we understand where our wealth comes from. We understand it comes from God, and he is in complete control. He's all-knowing. Look at verse 20. I love this in chapter 5. For he shall not much remember the days of his life, because God answered him in the joys of his heart. Think about that. You know, whenever you're going through life and, and you're just having a difficult time, every second sometimes feels like an hour. It just goes by so slow when you're in those times. But when you're joyous and happy, time flies. That's what he's saying here. In the joys of God, life just goes by so fast because you're content. And, you know, you're going to rejoice in your labors with God. You know, And you're going to be thankful you're going to have a joyous heart as we labor. We're not going to complain about things. We're not going to complain and wish I had this one's job or I wish I had their money and things like that. You're content because, folks, you're content and satisfied with what you have what God blesses us with. Not only that, you know, it it, is not what we dream of. And, you know, that is so much contentment, you know, whenever you think of that. He blesses us with that. And, you know, it's okay, folks, to have goals and aspirations. It's fine to have those things. God blesses us with those things. But, you know, with that, we need to enjoy the gifts of God. We need to enjoy the gifts. If He blesses you with something, He wants you to enjoy it. And I know sometimes you may feel guilty. You'd be like, oh, you know, I feel guilty about taking this trip or doing this. But God bless that for you to enjoy. Enjoy it. And there's nothing wrong with wealth, folks, but we just can't place our faith in the richest of this world because if we do, we're going to find, we're going to be disappointed. And that's why Solomon says so much in here, it's vanity, it's emptiness. Let's look at some of these vanities of wealth. Living under, you know, for those that are living under the sun without God. Let's go to verse 10 in chapter 5. Everyone's probably seen this uh, you know, a few times before, but it says in verse 10, He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with uh, silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. Folks, when you read that, the more you have, the more you want. That's what he's saying here. You can't get enough to satisfy that craving. You know, people want to hoard up belongings, you know, and they might not ever use them again. They want to hoard up these things and, and we see it and, and I've got stuff. I mean, I've got our, our attic is completely full of stuff that needs to be given away because I've not used it in years. I've got clothes up there and things, but you know what? I mean, today we see people fill up garages or fill up storage buildings. They'll have to go rent storage buildings, right? You see a lot of those around. Sometimes that happens. But you know what? Solomon is showing us here, the more you obtain doesn't correlate with the satisfaction in life. Those things we hoard up. A lot of times we forget what we got. You know what I mean? It doesn't help with the satisfaction in life of what you have. You know, he tells us this is just chasing the wind. I mean, you're just putting more work on you, trying to keep this stuff. Trying to latch on to something that's not there. Kind of like that mirage we talked about, you know, with the characters and things. But you know, as wealth continues to increase, you might begin to see long-lost relatives. You might, be, you might begin to see friends and things start coming around when you start getting all this earthly wealth, you know. They want to enjoy it, too. They to enjoy it. Right? So verse 11 says, When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof, saving the beholden of them with their eyes? So the more you acquire, sometimes there can be consequences to this. The more you have, it can, bring, it can produce anxiety for the person that owns them. Here under the sun, it can produce that. Verse 12 talks about that. The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much. But the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. Folks, when you get all these things and you put all your stock into your wealth, You start worrying about them. You start worrying about these possessions. I don't have enough locks. I don't have enough chains to put on things, you know. I don't have enough cameras to look at everything that I've got. You begin to have anxiety about it. And you might get to the point that I need somebody to help me. I'm going to have to hire somebody to overlook over this stuff. And then you begin to think, can I trust those people that I've just hired? Y'all see what I'm saying? Anxiety, folks, that anxiety that you have, that mankind will have over this stuff, it can turn into pain when something, you start to see things starting to go missing. Things start to get lost. Things start to, you know, get stolen and all kinds of different things. But not only that, folks, you know, you might have a collection of hunting rifles that you've stored up somewhere, but you haven't paid attention to them in years. And when you go back, you haven't took care of them. They might be rusted up to where they're no good. You know, we're setting our treasures here on earth and not in heaven. Remember, rust, the moths, you might have a whole big wardrobe of nice clothes. You haven't touched them in years. And you might go back and the moths will eat them up. Here on this earth, that's going to happen. That is going to happen, folks. And that anxiety gives away to pain. In verse 13, like I said, This is a sore evil which I have seen under the sun, namely riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurt. You see? Riches here on this earth are not guaranteed. They're not guaranteed. God giveth. God can take it away from us. And sometimes we put our faith in these, in these things of wealth. Well, we've got to be careful. Because it can be taken away. And, you know, the wealth of this earth, you might think that you've got it made, you know. I've got everything I need. It's going to take care of me. It's going to give me that, uh, It's going to give me that peace that I'm looking for. I can use this wealth. It's going to provide me the safety, security, all these things for down the road. And then to find out it's gone. Ooh, that's a vanity. That's what he's telling us here. (laughs) That's vanity. It's emptiness. Man, that hurts. And Solomon has, he's witnessed this in his journey. And folks, this stuff is still happening today. It's still happening today. We've already talked about it. But, I mean, you might have. You might have money in, in some type of stock or something like that, and you go back and be like, Where'd it go? You know, it might have just left. You know, something might have happened to it. You know, retirements happen. You hear about that all the time. People losing a lot of their retirements. So, folks, thing, these things are ha- still happening. The thing of it is, we cannot put our stock in worldly treasures. The next verse here that we're going to talk about. It goes along. We see this in Job 1.21, but we also see it here. And you've got all this wealth and all these things, but the thing of it is, whenever we leave this world, you're not going to take it. Our brother talked about that this morning in part of his message. You know, you're not going to take it with you. Verse 15 says, And he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he return, to go as he came, and shall take nothing of his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. And this also is sore evil that in all points as he came, so shall he go. And what profit hath he that labored for the wind? So if that's what you're doing, putting your putting your faith in your wealth and all this stuff, I'm telling you, you're gonna work, work, you're gonna have all this stuff, but then you're not gonna take it with you. It's it's not gonna help you. You're not setting your treasures in heaven. You're setting them down here. On this earth, and just going along, when I read that, I was thinking. Years ago, we went to a car show, and this guy he had this uh, Corvette. It was one of the first ones. I can't remember what year model or anything, but it was candy apple red. It was a beautiful car. He was so proud, of it. Was wiping it and cleaning it and all that good stuff. And uh, whenever you come up, he was happy, eager to talk to you about it. You know, he said, "Oh, I've worked a many a day on this car." You know, and And I remember there was a man there, it might have been my dad, I I don't remember, but they said, How much you want for it? Just joking around. He said, I'm going to be buried in this car. And I was like, and everybody around just kind of laughed, you know. He did. And I was like, wow. You know, after I walked away from that, you know, he might have been serious about that. He really thinks, you know, that car gives him that much pleasure, you know. But he might be buried in the ground with it, but you know what, it's not going with him. You know, it ain't not with him, but, you know, he was serious, I believe, in that because he'd worked so hard for it, and that's the vanities that, you know, that we're seeing here that uh, King Solomon's telling us, but as we continue to read, we're getting to that. And this little, in chapter, in verse 17 of chapter uh, 5, it kind of saddens us to read this whenever we think along these lines, all his days also he eateth in darkness, and he had much sorrow, and he wrath with his sickness. Folks, we may get to a point in this world, living here on this earth, that we're not going to be able to work. We may get to the point where we just can't physically do the things that we did. And, you know, when you depend on, on wealth of this earth and possessions, it can produce a lot of fear in you when you get to that point. Because you worry, do I have enough? Do I have enough money that's going to bring me security, you know, for the long road? You know, and some people will deny themselves the gifts that God gives them and they will, you know, they will deny themselves. They will scrape and they'll, you know, put things up and deny themselves trying to find security in their wealth because they want to make sure that they have enough. And many times, sadly enough, a lot of people do this, they'll leave a fortune and never enjoy hardly any of the perks of what they work. And these are gifts from God. The wealth that we have is a gift from God. The folks' reality is going to hit when a person enters their last days here on this earth, the last hours, and you find out it doesn't matter how much wealth, they're going to figure that out, you've accumulated. It don't matter how much you've accumulated, all these earthly treasures that you've got, they will not bring you peace and comfort in those last days. They will not. And I'd imagine, I mean, I I don't know, but I could imagine that'd be the last thing on your mind when you're at that point in life, is all this wealth that I've acquired. You know? To me, I would see that there would be fear if you placed all your faith and wealth, and all of a sudden, you figure out that it leaves you empty at that time. It abandons you when you need it the most. The world is going to abandon you when you need it the most, because you're not, you don't have your heart in the right place. It's an open experience for someone to come to that reality, not sure what happens next. They might get angry at themselves. They might get angry at the situation. What's going to happen? Folks, they don't see God as their source of wealth because if they did, they would have full confidence in that time of their life that, you know, hey, listen, I'm content. He's going to do, listen, he's going to take care of me here on this earth. He's going to take care of me afterwards. And you can lay there relax with the safety and security if you're at that point in your life. Amen. And I tell you what, that's contentment here on this earth. Only God can give. You know, God's ways is always the best way. Always the best way. He's a God of love and He will be there holding our hands through anything. This world's wealth cannot do that. Solomon indicates this, and we're going to jump into chapter 6 just a little bit. And I want to touch on a little bit of this, these last bit of this vanities. But in chapter 6, again, Solomon's going to bring some of his own experiences into this as he also is observing the others around him. Very wise man, as he says here in chapter 6, verse 1. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun, and it is common among men, a man to whom God hath given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wanteth nothing for his soul of all that he desireth, Yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof, but a stranger eateth. This is vanity, and it is an evil disease. And we've seen this all the way through this first six uh, uh, chapters. We've seen this in chapter two for sure. But uh, you know, people that's blessed with so much wealth, but they can't enjoy it. That would be like, for instance, a piano. I, you know, I might you know I come across and somehow acquired a baby grand piano. I mean, it's the best you can buy. But I have no idea how to play it. I I mean, I might own and be wealthy in that piano, but I can't fully enjoy it because I don't know how to do it. I don't have the ability, like some of the ladies in here. Now, if you got on it, you could play it, and you'd be like, "Wow, this is great." You know what I mean? They're enjoying it. I don't. That's the same thing here. That's a vanity. It leaves you empty. I've got this, but I can't use it. And that's what he's saying here. No matter how much folks that we possess what we're blessed with because the blessing that comes from God what he gives us the soul is never satisfied with goodness aside from God and that again we rehash that many times but that's so important point we have and you know we know Solomon King Solomon he made a lot of mistakes you know and and again we know that uh, God told him don't you marry these foreign wives you know they'll bring that pagan Idolatry into it, and they will draw your heart away. But you know, he knew this was disobedient. He knew God. God gave him wisdom, he gave him all the wealth that he had. He knew who God was, and he knew that he couldn't negotiate with God's plan for him. No matter how badly he wanted it, he knew that. No matter how powerful someone gets, or how wise they get here on this earth, or how wealthy they get. Can't change God's plan. He's not going to change it. Verse ten says that, here in chapter six, that which has been is is named already. God is in control. He's named it already. Everything's already done. He is over all things, and it is known that it is man. Neither he can contend with him that is mightier than he. We can't contend with God. We can't change His mind. We may think, you know, when you read this, you might King Solomon might have thought he could. And people in this world might think they can, but they can't. There's no way. But, you know, you may think that, again, you might have this life figured out. And your wealth is going to see you through all kinds of different things. Solomon, in this book, God has inspired him, this wisdom book here. All we have to do is read this. And it's going on today. All these vanities, all these emptiness, it still happens today the same way it did back when he wrote this, The Inspired Hand of God. It's still going on today. All you have to do is read it and see it's already happened, and this is the result, emptiness and vanity. Without God, all things are emptiness and vanity. So, again, God's wealth here, Will show us what is truly important in this life. And that's setting our treasures in heaven. You know, here on this earth, helping others, love our neighbors as ourselves. Do the things that God wants us to do. That is how we set that wealth up. And our loved ones, our families. We just had Thanksgiving, and it's good to get to to be with family and just see the love that God blesses in our hearts. So, You know, the concluding all these vanities, this whole first six uh, chapters here, we're going to conclude them in uh, chapter 6, verse 11. This is concluding it. Seeing there be many things that increase vanity, what is man the better? This is life without God for those under the sun. Verse 12 says, For who knoweth what is good for man in this life, all the days of his vain life, which he spendeth as a shadow? For who can tell a man what shall he be after under the sun? Folks, when we read these things, you know what? This chapter shows us so much. It shows us here, people living under the sun, shows us man's depressing and uncertain finish to life. When he goes at this world alone, all these vanities that we've read, wealth, all the way through, everything we did, you go at it alone, you're going to find it depressing and uncertain and scary for those. Folks, we've got family members out there, we've got loved ones, we've got neighbors out there that are living this life. Right. They're living this life, and I'm telling you, They want to put everything they think they've got it figured out you know they see that mirage you know I want to run go jump in that big pool of water you know when they get there they hit a wall and they figure it out so folks I want to tell you all something we need to get out there and we need to show the love of God to our communities and we need to tell our loved ones about Jesus because through him we can have peace and contentment.